As we go into this year, we're, we're putting everything back on the table and we're saying, what can we do? What can we do to make sure that our students are prepared and ready coming out of this? Welcome to Insider, the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Our topic, back to school with Murfreesboro City Schools Director Trey Duke. Our guest is in the studios here at uh, City Hall and we welcome you. Thank you, I'm glad to be here. Good to have you here. August 6th, it's all going to yeah. start up again. August 6th, we're ready to go. So our, our first half day is that Friday, August 6th. That's for our first through sixth graders. They'll be back in school. We're excited to have school in person this year. The first full day will be Monday, August 9th. And then on Tuesday, August 10th, we begin our kindergarten phase in. So it's a busy time. It's going to be here very quickly. We can't believe that the summer has passed. So I encourage parents to reach out to their local schools, especially around kindergarten, to make sure they know when their phase in day starts. So parents are probably thinking about getting back to normal. Of course, it's still not going to be completely back to normal. But one of the issues, of course, has been the learning gap that some students have lost uh, some learning because of COVID, because of mm -hmm. online learning. Um, how are you addressing that? You know, I think it's interesting to look back. When you think March 13th of 2020, we sent our students home for what really we thought would be a, a week, couple weeks, maybe an extended spring break. And I don't think any of us, when we sent those students home that day, ever dreamed of the fact that we wouldn't be back that school year. And so for our kindergarten students that year, you know, they last lost the last three months of, or two months of really some of the most important work they did. And we as a school system have to step up and figure out how do we close this school year out? Um, but I think it's really important to think about when we talk about learning loss, when we talk about how COVID has impacted us, what a great position we are in in Murfreesboro City compared to so many other districts across the country. So we did send our students home March 13th of 2020, like so many other schools did. Uh, but come July of that next school year, beginning of August, I'm thrilled to say that we had the opportunity to bring our students back. Now, did it look different? Absolutely, right? Uh, school did not look the same, but I'm really proud of the fact that here in Murfreesboro City, we were able to provide in-student instruction from day one of that first of the la first day of school last year. And that really uh, goes to show our commitment to making sure our students are getting what they need. Um, I have to applaud our teachers. Um, our teachers really stepped up. We ended the year still with about 10% of our families learning at home, learning virtually, which was a big decrease from the beginning of the year. So we saw that parents begin to come back and begin to have their students back in the school. So nothing's ever going to replace in-person instruction with a teacher, but our teachers really did step up, those that taught virtually, those that taught in the hybrid format with some students in the classroom, some at home. Um, and I just can't applaud that good work. You know, we laughed at a, a board meeting that we had at the end of the year, kind of celebrating our virtual teachers of where we started and where we ended is truly a tremendous, tremendous um, effort that went into to getting that done by our teachers. So some districts have discussed extending learning yeah. to some extent. Yeah, and I think that's really important to think about. So I, we can't underscore the fact that even though 
our teachers did such a great job. And even though we had kids in the classroom since day one, it was a different year. There was disruptions, there were quarantines, uh, there were a good number of families that chose to stay home. And so as we go into this year, we're, we're putting everything back on the table. And we're saying, what can we do? What can we do to make sure that our students are prepared and ready coming out of this? And extended learning is part of that. Um, you'll see us in the city this year have a very large emphasis on uh, tutoring, after school tutoring, um, making sure we're setting funds aside so that parents, uh, sorry, that, so that teachers can work additional hours, do some what we call high dosage, low number tutoring. So several times a week with a really small group to help any kid that, or any student that needs some additional help to have that support after school in addition to the multi-levels of support we have during the school day. What are your top priorities for the upcoming school year? Yeah, I'm glad you asked this question. We have really five big goals we're shooting for this year. The first is around our reading and language arts scores, right? We know that teaching kids to read is the crucial thing that we're gonna do as a school system. We know that reading and having a, um, readers who are efficient and proficient at what they do is really the gateway to future success, right? Whether that's English one, whether that's getting into AP classes, our students have to be strong readers. And so coming out of COVID, that's gonna be a huge emphasis for us, specifically with our early literacy, our kindergarten, first and second graders, making sure they have those foundational blocks. So we're gonna work really hard on reading, We'll continue to focus on math and our math gains. As a district, we've done very well in math over the last few years, and we've had huge growth in that area. But again, coming out of COVID, we don't want to lose the ball there. We don't want to drop the ball. So we'll continue to really focus on our math. Our third goal is around the whole child, and that's kind of everything else that encompasses the child besides the academic piece, right? So how are we helping students making sure their attendance is where it needs to be? The social emotional parts, right? We know we're gonna have students coming back to school who for some of them haven't been in a school building for over a year. And are we prepared to welcome them back and meet those social and emotional needs they have, the behavior side? Our fourth goal is around our educators, right? I am so proud of the teachers we have in this district and the hard work they do every day. So our goal is to make sure that we have um, highly trained teachers that we are supporting, that we are making sure they have what they need to do their job. Uh, we have said several times, my goal is to always do what's best for kids and specifically what's best for the kids of Murfreesboro. But what I know is one of the best things I can do for them is to make sure they have a healthy, a safe, a supported and a well-trained teacher standing in front of them every day. So those are four of our big goals. And then to round out that academic piece, um, to continue to focus on our science initiative. Uh, we're proud of the fact here in Murfreesboro City that five of our 13 schools are actually STEM designated from the state. STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math which means we have been set apart and recognized for the instruction that's really about workforce development at an elementary age. And so we wanna to continue to focus on that. We wanna grow those programs in our schools and add more schools that are STEM certified. It's interesting to note that all of those goals are very student focused. What about uh, the CDC and the guidelines, social distancing, that kind of thing, because that hasn't gone away yet? No, it hasn't. And, and with all those academic focus goals and all those goals to make sure we're taking care of our kids, here's what I'm, I'm really aware of is that 
our parents want their students to learn, they want their students to be better readers, better mathematicians, but ultimately they want their children to be safe. And um, we have to keep that, and safety always has to be a top priority for us. So as we go into this new year, looking at the CDC guidance, what we're trying to do as a school system is really a little bit of a balancing act. How do we make some steps back to normal? How do we move back to a normal school environment? while also making sure that we're prioritizing and keeping our students safe and balancing the needs of the community because our community does have strong feelings as they should about what school should look like next year so we're balancing all of that um, i'm really proud of the protocols that we have in place we have protocols that really emphasize emphasize social distancing right making sure our kids are frequently doing good hygiene like washing their hands covering their cough making sure we're protecting classrooms as far as um, cohort models of how we keep kids together. Um, we're working really closely with LaShan Dixon at the Rutherford County Health Department. Uh, she's been a great partner for us as well as we review our plans. So we have lots of things we're putting in place to keep our kids safe. Uh, we encourage all of our families, go out, read those CDC guidelines, specifically around mask wearing. I know that's something that comes up quite a bit. And we encourage families to, to read that guideline, to, to make those decisions as best for their family in consultation with their doctor. So we're encouraging mask wearing. We are not gonna mandate it in the school buildings as we open the school right now. We will continue to monitor that as we move forward. And maybe what we should address as to why that would continue on the part of the CDC, it, it, a lot of it's because children haven't been vaccinated yet. There's a certain age that can be, and then there's others that they're still, I guess, doing some research mm -hmm. and testing on. So that is one of the issues, apparently. Yeah, and I think that's something the CDC is keeping in mind. And, and as I said before, this is one of those issues that a lot of people in our community have very strong feelings about. And we as a school system are here to say, our goal is to educate the children. Our goal is to make sure our kids are academically ready and we create a safe environment. And we feel like we've done that going into next year, that our kids can come to school, that they can be safe. Um, are we still gonna have some quarantine situations? We probably will, and we'll act quickly on that. All of our school nurses are trained contact tracers, which means we don't um, push that off into the health department. We actually do that in-house. So that allows us to contact trace quicker uh, and make decisions more quickly to get it addressed as well. We also will be testing in our schools. Um, all of our employees will have access to COVID testing uh, in our school building by our school nurse. And in addition, should the need arise where a parent may need to have a testing of a student, we will have that capability with parent permission and parent on site, you know, to help our families out. Uh, the approach that you're describing probably informs your leadership. And what do you want parents to know about, about your leadership? You know, I think what I really want parents to know is I am passionate about this job. I think public education is one of the best things that we can do for our community. And when we do it really well, everyone benefits. Whether you have students in the public school system or not, if you have grand student, uh, grandchildren in the public school system, or if you have no children, right? A strong public education system benefits everyone. And I really take that responsibility to heart in helping make sure that as a central office staff, as a principal group, and as a school system as a whole, we are taking that charge to improve our community to heart and we work really hard at it every day. So we have a saying in Murfreesboro City that we've started saying over the last few months, which is we want every parent, 
every student, every employee, every bus driver, anyone that's associated with Murfreesboro City. We want them to know that in Murfreesboro City, they're known, they're safe, they're challenged, and they're empowered. And that's really that kind of calling card for us. Is what we're doing helping us to better know our community? Is it making them safe? Are we challenging them? Are we being challenged? But ultimately, are we empowering the people that work with us? Are we empowering our students so they have more choices as they get older? The American Rescue Plan provided additional funding for schools across the country. So how is Murfreesboro City Schools uh, approaching that? How are you going to be using those funds? Yeah, what a great um, kind of um, unexpected uh, amount of money this was for us. So we got, when all is said and done, uh, there have been three specific COVID rescue packages that have come out, plus a few other minor ones. And again, when all is said and done, we'll have about $22 million that will have come to us to help us respond to COVID. Now, as I said, that came in three stages. So the first stage came actually at the beginning of last year that was largely used to help us prepare. So it was buying a lot of personal uh, protective equipment. It was used to help us get our schools ready for in-person instruction. Later on during that school year, we got a second one, which really helped us reimburse for some unexpected expenses, right? So we had overages and things like substitutes, because when we did have teachers out, they were out for 10 days in a row, right? Our nurses, making sure the overtime hours that they had accrued, we had money for that that was unbudgeted. So a lot of that was done, as well as um, amping up our technology, making sure our kids had access to devices if they were learning from home. So that's really where the first two pots of money went. The third pot, which is about $12 million, is really what we're focused on right now. And we're using that for a lot of needs in responding to it. So you'll see us have funds dedicated for things like additional guidance counselors and social workers to help kids with that social emotional piece that are coming, coming back. Uh, continuing to maximize the technology in our building continuing to make sure we're even doing some capital improvements in, on some nurses clinics. We're doing some capital improvements at Reeves Rogers we have proposed. So we have three years to spend this money. We want to use it really wisely and we want to make sure that when the three years is over we can look back and show how we have made a positive impact in our district by using these funds. Because you have to be careful about how you go about spending it because as you said uh, it ends at uh, September 2024 I think it is yeah. or three years. Uh, it's it's essentially one-time money that absolutely you wouldn't be able to to receive or you'd have to find some way to to fill that in if it was permanent yes absolutely and we're being we're very aware of that and so we're we're looking at it and we're treating it as one-time money um so a great example of a, an expense is our summer school program you know this year and next year we're going to have a full summer school program it's another way that we're responding to the learning loss you talked about earlier you know this year we had over 1600 students over 400 teachers participate in a six-week summer school program. I mean, that was really unheard of to do something of that scale so quickly. You know, we didn't just pay for our teachers, right? We were running a full school system. And so we, we paid for teachers, we paid for administrators, we paid for office aides for when people called in the office, for school nurses, for crossing guards, for SROs. We ran a full school summer program, and, and that's where a lot of that money went, and our intent is to do the same thing, and we have money saved to do the same thing next year as well. So as we prepare for the August 6th half day and the August 9th full day of, of school, is there anything in particular that you want to say to parents uh, before the school year begins? You know, I just want to say how excited we are to have our students back. I think COVID taught us a lot, 
but here's one thing I heard that I really resonated with me, right? School should be the last thing to close and the first thing to open. That's how important our schools are. We've got to make sure that our students have that routine, that they're getting what they need, and we're going to do everything we can and to make sure that your children are known, safe, challenged, and empowered here in Murfreesboro City, and um, it's going to be a great year. All right. Trey Duke, the uh, director of Murfreesboro City Schools, thanks for being our guest. Thank you. And good luck in the new school year. We appreciate it. Uh, for more information on Murfreesboro City Schools, you can visit www.cityschools.net or call 615-893-2313. We've been highlighting Murfreesboro City Schools as we near the reopening of the school year this beginning summer and fall. This podcast has been originating from City Hall. Thanks for listening to The Insider via Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music Audible. You can also watch The Insider on YouTube. Our producer is Michael Nevels. For more information on the fast-growing city of Murfreesboro, visit www.murfreesboro.tn.gov. Insider is the official podcast for the city of Murfreesboro. I'm Mike Browning. Thanks a lot for joining us.